Hey everyone, it's George from Blockchain DXP and today is the 13th of June 2022, the very first working day of the week. You're in Dubai. It is still Monday. Because of the time difference in Western countries, it is still Sunday. So when I'm looking at the price of Bitcoin and cryptocurrencies, remember that the price is still on Sunday, where it is technically still a weekend. The price is definitely not looking good for Bitcoin and cryptocurrency market and that precisely could be the reason because it is a weekend in most parts of the world. Inflation is definitely upon us and most likely recession would be next. It will be really really interesting in the next coming months and years to see how Bitcoin for the very first time works during recession. The inflation numbers were out last week by uh, the labor statistics. And it is not a surprise, but this time it is the highest inflation in US since the last 41 years. And as the saying goes, when America has cuff, the whole world has pneumonia. Hence, being the world leader of America is pretty much being the world leader. And President Joe Biden is definitely not a great leader. So, Biden inflation is the highest at 8.6% quite scary and what's really scarier is that the recession news is not out yet. Once the recession news kicks in, things would start getting devastating. I'm hoping that we don't hear collapse of some major big companies like in 2008 we heard about the Lehman Brothers out of nowhere. So the question is, how does Bitcoin fit into inflation and recession? So in today's episode, we will be looking at the inflation numbers and we will discuss this in more details. And does this provide an opportunity for the US to introduce central bank digital currencies? I'll also share some information about an event that I plan to have on the 30th of this month that focuses on central bank digital currencies. The event is called as Central Bank Digital Currencies, The Basics, Threats to Freedom and How CBDs Have an Impact in the metaverse and the session is going to be completely free of cost. Now in today's episode, we will also talk about Larry Fink's letter. At this point of time, I'm hoping you guys know who Larry Fink is and how important he is and his letter and the impact it could have in the next coming months and years, probably in the next decade as well. In that letter, he often mentions about ESG. So we'll try to analyze if it will have an impact on Bitcoin mining. Now, for those of you guys who don't know, the whole ESG movement in Bitcoin started because of Larry Fink's letter. And that was the time Elon Musk, the world's richest man, decided to stop accepting Bitcoin because of the ESG concerns. And Larry Fink, the CEO of BlackRock, is kind of the main person behind the whole movement. That's not to say that he's a bad person. I think he's a fantastic person. Now, he did publish a letter in the letter, a very powerful statement that he said was that COVID-19 has also deepened the erosion of trust in traditional institutions and exaggerated polarization in many Western societies and also how political activists or the media may politicize things your company does and they may even hijack your brand and advance their own agenda. So it's so important that we read through the letter and then try to compare what other companies are doing and we'll briefly try to explore how that thing has an impact on Bitcoin and cryptocurrencies. Today's episode, 
I will also talk about two news from Bitcoin magazines. Now they have published two articles. Both of the articles are very misleading. Now what I don't like about this article is it talks about inflation and how Bitcoin is a solution. The craziest thing is they do not give absolutely any explanation. The first article pretty much is a copy paste of what the inflation is and what the numbers are. That's about all. It doesn't say absolutely anything about Bitcoin. The second article compares Bitcoin with the US dollar. In that second article, it just does a lot of name calling, calls bad names for the government, but gives zero explanation on why Bitcoin will be the hedge against inflation. Absolutely zero explanation, just name calling. Now, finally, we talk about two news from UAE. Now, both the news is from Blockchain DXV. The first one is Bitcoin Basics. Now, what I'll do is I'll briefly explore the basic definition of Bitcoin. And I've been in the Bitcoin space since 2013. You would be surprised that 90% of the people do not know the proper definition of Bitcoin. So in today's episode, we're just briefly going to explain the basic definition of Bitcoin is. And the whole idea is that you get an understanding of what Bitcoin is. That way you know what Bitcoin is not. And the second news is I'll talk about the history of Bitcoin and I'll also talk about the double spend problem. Now, please pay attention to the word double spend problem. Bitcoin's biggest innovation was it solved the double spend problem and we'll be looking at that in today's episode. So welcome everyone, it's Atim here in Dubai and you're listening to Crypto and Coffee at 8 where we cover top news and information pertaining to Bitcoin, blockchain, beyond blockchain, cryptocurrencies, NFTs. DeFi and lately Metaverse as well. How the series of episodes under Crypto and Coffee at 8 works is we usually cover some top news and information pertaining to the price of cryptocurrencies, some major breaking news, occasionally short and sweet news as well. News that has an impact in the cryptocurrency world. The added to news and information is related to Dubai, UAE and Middle East in the world of Bitcoin, blockchain, beyond blockchain, cryptocurrencies, NFTs, DeFi and Metaverse. This is followed by Ask Me Anything series where you listeners can ask any questions from 8.30 a.m. to 9.00 a.m. Gulf Standard Time. Now, every Fridays at 8.00 a.m. Gulf Standard Time, we have an episode called Metaverse Everything where we focus solely on Metaverse. So check out those episodes as well. Now, the format for Metaverse Everything is completely different. I also publish a weekly report. You can find that report via my LinkedIn profile which is mentioned in the show notes, or you can go to the Medium page and type in Blockchain DXB. So let's get started with today's episode. Today is the 13th of June 2022. Now, the global crypto market is definitely not looking good. Looks like bearish times are right now and in the near future as well. The global crypto market is down to $1.10 trillion. To give a comparison, only the market cap of Bitcoin was at $1.60 trillion. And now the market cap of all cryptocurrencies combined. And I believe right now there are over 19,900 different types of cryptocurrencies. And the global crypto market for everything combined is at $1.10 trillion. Since the last 24 hours, it is down by 4.80%. The total crypto market volume over the last 24 hours is $81.12 billion. Since the last 24 hours, it has decreased by 
0.06%. Now this could be the reason because it is a weekend in most parts of the world and I'm looking at the price early in the morning in Dubai time. So it still might be weekend in most parts of the world. The total volume of DeFi is currently at $7.10 billion. One thing again which I've been noticing is that the volume of DeFi is definitely going down and DeFi accounts for 8.69% of the total crypto market 24 hour volume. The volume of stable coins is down to $70.24 billion and stablecoin accounts for 86.01% of the total crypto market 24 hour volume. So the king of all king Bitcoin's dominance is currently strong at 47.21% and Ethereum's dominance is at 16.20% and the price of Bitcoin is down to $27,017. At its highest peak, the price of Bitcoin was $69,000. Imagine having bought Bitcoin at $69,000 and looking at the price of it less than half. This is where the whole conviction of believing in Bitcoin and the hashtag hodl culture that is holding on to DLF is so relevant. Since the last 24 hours, it is down by minus 5.44%. And since the last seven days, it's down by minus 9.84%. Ethereum is also down to $1,460. Less than a week ago, where we looked at the price of Ethereum, it was just about $2,000. I believe it was $1,999 to be precise. Since the last 24 hours, it is down by minus 5.54%. And since the last seven days, it is down by minus 19.52%. In case if you guys are into Ethereum, Tim Burke, who is one of the lead developers from Ethereum, has a brilliant interview with Bankless. So you definitely, definitely need to check it out where he talks about the next phase of Ethereum, that is Ethereum transitioning from Ethereum to Ethereum consensus layer, formerly called as Ethereum 2.0. So in that podcast, they have a complete breakdown and it is extremely, extremely informative. And the podcast is done in such a brilliant way you don't need any technical expertise. So I'm, I'm not sure as to why the price of Ethereum has gone down because I was hoping that the price of Ethereum would actually have gone up. But nonetheless, the entire crypto market is down as well. Binance coin is down to $258. And since the last 24 hours, it is down by minus 5.30%. And since the last 7 days, it's down by minus 13.84%. So the big news in the entire world, in the finance sector, in the stock market and something which has an impact on each and every individual is the inflation number. The Biden inflation, as I like to call it, numbers were out. I believe it was out last Thursday and the number is at 8.6%. This is the highest inflation number since 1981. Before you try to research what the numbers are what i would recommend you to do is go to the federal reserve board website now they have a brilliant explanation on what is inflation how does the federal reserve evaluate changes in the rate of inflation read through it it might take you a maximum of 10 minutes uh, the link is also on my linkedin profile and look at the article that i published on the 13th of june read through that this is information directly from first source once you understand that, then move on to the Bureau of Labor Statistics website 
That is where the official numbers of inflation is published. So read through the article by Federal Reserve Board that gives you a detailed understanding on what inflation is, how it is calculated. Then move on to the Bureau of Labor Statistics Department, read through the official numbers. Then you make your own decision on how scary this is. Another interesting thing to note this particular week is an event which is taking place on the 17th of June and the chair of the Federal Reserve Board, that is Jerome Powell, will be live at the inaugural conference on the international rules of the US dollar. I'm not sure what he's going to be talking about this this stage. I'm hoping he talks about the value of the US dollar in the current times and its impact in the near future. I'm hoping that he does not talk about central bank digital currencies, but this would give a very good indication on what happens to the value of the US dollar. So the link for the live event is also on our website and I believe that they might be doing it live via YouTube as well. So the whole money printing bar is one of the many causes of inflation along with the whole Ukraine and Russia situation and quite a lot of other things. Inflation and the global crypto market has gone down. Bitcoin's market cap is down to less than one-third of its all-time high. But my question once again to you guys is, Bitcoin is supposed to be a hedge against inflation, right? But now, Bitcoin is not working at all. And could it be that, you know, Bitcoin, the because the price of Bitcoin has fallen down and, more importantly, last month, because of Terra Luna's collapse, the government would take this, make this a perfect opportunity to introduce central bank digital currencies. That is something which I'm not be looking forward to, but most likely that is something that could transition. On the 30th of this month, I have an event called as Central Bank Digital Currencies, the basics, the threats to freedom and how it will have an impact on the metaverse. So please feel free to join that session. It's going to be completely free, of course. Now, CNBC also has a great and interesting article where they talk about the detailed breakdown of the inflation numbers. In that article, they also mention about inflation numbers of fuel and oil. This is the highest at 106.7%. With the whole go woke, go broke agenda, could this be linked to Bitcoin mining operations and ESG notion? Something which I mentioned earlier at the beginning of the podcast, Larry Finks, who is the CEO of BlackRock, uh, he does write a letter. And this letter that he has published is called as The Power of Capitalism. I would really recommend you guys to go out and read through the entire letter. It has some really crucial information. In that letter, he also talks about ESG and he talks about sustainability and the impact of our technology. So I'm just hoping, well, I am just expecting, but not hoping, that this somehow some does not transition to the whole Bitcoin mining, the proof of work technology that we have. Because in that case, they would be forcing Bitcoin to switch from proof of work to proof of mining. So definitely, definitely not a good thing. So again, it's the whole agenda of what the elites have. And BlackRock is not, uh, is, I wouldn't say is negative sentiments towards Bitcoin, but they haven't said anything positive about Bitcoin as well. Larry Fink has told generally about cryptocurrencies that he finds it interesting, but nothing more beyond that. But imagine if, let's say, Larry Fink or BlackRock 
is convinced that Bitcoin is the future, the price of Bitcoin would literally tank overnight. Where does Bitcoin fit into inflation or recession? I really don't know at this point of time. But what I'm disappointed to see is Bitcoin Magazine, which is supposed to be one of the leading uh, magazine publications, has two articles. Both of the articles are very poorly written. The first article provides information with no explanation of how inflation works with Bitcoin. And the article link is mentioned on my LinkedIn profile. You can also check it on Medium. And the second article, it talks about the US dollar has been rapidly inflating against Bitcoin. Now, if you look through the headline, it looks like Bitcoin is the solution, but the explanation is extremely weak. In that article, there's a lot of name calling. And what's really sad is that they do not talk about the benefits of Bitcoin. Rather, it just keeps on blaming the US dollar value and how Bitcoin's value is 29,000 times better than one US dollar. Absolutely rubbish explanation. It also talks about Bitcoin as savings technology and not investment. So no explanation about constitutes inflation and how Bitcoin could actually serve as a hedge against inflation. Dr. Saifuddin Amos, he has a brilliant book called as the Bitcoin Standard. And he also has another book called as the Fiat Monetary Standard. It'll be much better for us to go ahead and read through that so that we get an understanding on the long-term time preference and how Bitcoin could be a world reserve currency or it may not be a world reserve currency or could it be a platform where other financial transactions are settled. So I would recommend you guys to go ahead and read through uh, the Bitcoin uh, Standard by Dr. Sefadin Amos or I think there might be an audio version in YouTube as well. What I definitely think is Bitcoin Magazine needs to have strong editors who read the articles first before they are publishing it. That being said, they did put out a very nice tweet and the tweet said that don't buy Bitcoin, hashtag Bitcoin, instead exit fiat currency. So definitely a great tweet by Bitcoin Magazine. With the whole inflation numbers and recessions, a great reset is definitely in play. Now, one of the legendary entrepreneurs called Kim.com. For those of you guys who grew up in the 90s, you might have heard of Kim.com. So he is essentially a German-Finnish internet entrepreneur and a political activist. Now, he put out a tweet on the 5th of June and he did mention that this might be his most important tweet. Now, some really, really interesting information and it's mostly to do with US that it had only four years of profit and how they are still managing to keep the value of the US dollar and they are able to do that because US dollar is a world reserve currency and he has put a couple of uh, information in terms of charts and graphs where he talks about the US dollar has a total of 66 trillion dollars of debts and liabilities and quite a lot more. Now where does Bitcoin fit into this? Kim.com is focusing more on Bitcoin Cash, which is a fork of uh, the original Bitcoin Core. Bitcoin Cash is popularized by Roger Ver, who I believe is Bitcoin Jesus. He's done more to Bitcoin than pretty much everyone else combined. Roger Ver and Kim.com, they often talk about Bitcoin to be used as a medium of exchange rather than a store of value. And one thing which I really like about Roger Ver he always talks about if Bitcoin is used as a medium of exchange and if it is used all over the world, it becomes next to impossible for the government to go out and stop it. Look at Bitcoin right now. 
because of the stakes involved, because there are only very few people who have accumulated a lot of Bitcoin, it would be extremely easy for Larry Fink, uh, the CEO of BlackRock, to convince Michael Saylor, who has a lot of Bitcoin, convince maybe Dokon, who has a lot of Bitcoin, to switch from proof of work to proof of mining. And that is absolutely terrible for Bitcoin. So definitely try to research more about Kim.com now. I would recommend avoid reading through comments because a lot of them completely bash Roger Wu and Kim.com for apparently no reason. So one thing you need to remember is the times ahead are going to be extremely, extremely challenging. Will Bitcoin be the solution? I have no answer. But you need to know is that Bitcoin is a peer-to-peer electronic cash system distributed, not decentralized. In the near future, I'm hoping we know what the difference for that is. So let's move on to news about UAE. The first news is the definition of Bitcoin by me, blockchain DXB. Now, in this particular episode, we would be looking at the definition of Bitcoin. So there are different definitions of Bitcoin. Bitcoin is a digital coin, internet of money, digital money. And lately, Bitcoin is often called as digital gold. And Bitcoin is a cryptocurrency as well. All of these definitions of Bitcoin are definitely true. But the proper definition of Bitcoin is that Bitcoin is a peer-to-peer electronic cash system. Now, let's break it down. What is it that we mean by peer-to-peer electronic cash system? And the reason why this is the proper definition of Bitcoin is because this is what is mentioned in the Bitcoin white paper written by the mysterious Satoshi Nakamoto. So let's try to explore what is it that we mean by peer-to-peer and electronic cash system. Now, in order to understand what is peer-to-peer, let's take an example of a current existing system. So let's say if there is Alice who wants to send funds to Bob, and Alice, let's say, for instance, wants to send US dollar or Great British Pounds, pesos, or Indian rupees or the rams. With current existing systems, Alice will have to use a central entity that could be in the form of a bank, Western Union, Quick Collect, PayPal, Central Bank, or Venmo, or Cash App. Now, these central entities are often associated with high fees. Apart from that, they also have KYC, that is, know your customer. But more importantly, the transactions do take a lot of time. In case of Alice and Bob, in certain areas, in certain geographical restrictions, it could take up to 20 days. In places like El Salvador, and for instance, let's say if an El Salvadorian wants to send funds to their relatives in US, it could probably take much more than 20 days as well. More importantly, the transactions can be rejected. Now, this is the problem that you have with a central entity being involved between Alice and Bob. Now, what happens with Bitcoin? In case of Bitcoin, if let's say Alice wants to send Bitcoins to Bob, there is absolutely no middle person. Now, because there is no middle person, it means that there is no KYC or no your customer. Now, with reference to fees, there is definitely fees involved, but the fee structure works a little bit different to current existing banking system or financial institutions, which I'll be explaining it probably in a later episode. 
the most important thing to note is that when you're talking about transactions with Bitcoin, the transactions cannot be stopped. So when Alice wants to send funds to Bob, there is no middle person, no KYC. The fees are there, but the transactions cannot be stopped. The transactions could take place within a matter of seconds and a maximum of let's say 10 to 12 minutes. So there is no limit on the funds that can be transferred using Bitcoin. With case of current existing systems, usually the bank has a set amount of limit. In case of Bitcoin, there is absolutely no limit. A quick recap, what is peer-to-peer? -peer? That means that there is no middle person, no central entity, no KYC. Reduced fees, transactions cannot be stopped. Now the second part of the definition that is electronic cash system. This is where things like proof of work kicks in and this is the consensus protocol that Bitcoin uses and Bitcoin mining. So essentially when Alice sent funds to Bob, there are a bunch of miners that are spread all across the world. Now what these miners do is they update the transactions onto the ledger or the block of the blockchain network. Now because they are updating the ledger, they are rewarded with mining rewards. So miners are essentially rewarded with X number of Bitcoin every 10 to 12 minutes. And I'm pretty much sure you might have heard of halving of Bitcoin, which I will be exploring it in detail in one of the later episodes. Also there are different forks of Bitcoin or different types of Bitcoin. The most important thing to note is that the supply of Bitcoin is fixed. Now these are the things that fall into the category of electronic cash system. So when you talk about the definition of Bitcoin, essentially it is a peer-to-peer -peer electronic cash system. Let's take it in comparison with fiat currencies such as the US dollar, Great British pounds, or the Indian rupees, or even the dirhams. One thing to note is that the demand and supply. In case of fiat currency, the demand is variable. And the re reason why it is variable is because the supply is also variable. Governments can print money at will. In case of Bitcoin, the supply is fixed. Now because the supply is fixed, that is the reason why the demand keeps on fluctuating. And it is the only reason why you see the volatility in the price of Bitcoin. So the supply of Bitcoin is fixed. It absolutely cannot be changed. Because of that, there is an increase or decrease in the demand. And hence you see the price of Bitcoin going up and down. Now the next thing that I'd like to talk about, and this is quite important. And this is the pillars of open blockchain and Bitcoin. And this is popularized by Andreas Antonopoulos. Now there are six criterias for Bitcoin and open blockchain. The first one being, it is open source. Now what we mean by that is that the code of Bitcoin is completely open source. Absolutely anyone can check it in any part of the world. Transactions between Bitcoin are completely permissionless. You do not need prior permission from absolutely anyone for using Bitcoin. In case of current existing system, you need to get your banking approved from the bank and they do KYCs and you need prior permission. Let's take an instance, let's say if an American wants to send funds to let's say someone in Iran because of sanctions, the transactions cannot go through so you need prior permissions. In case of Bitcoin, the transactions are permissionless. Transactions are censorship resistant. Now because there is no central intermediary involved, 
the transactions absolutely cannot be stopped. Neutral. Now what we mean by neutral is that the value of using Bitcoin in UAE is the same as using Bitcoin in let's say India, China, Afghanistan, United States of America or absolutely anywhere in the world. So neutral means the value of using Bitcoin is the same in any part of the world. And Bitcoin is borderless. You can send Bitcoin from one person to another wherever he or she is living. And finally, Bitcoin transactions are publicly verifiable, which means, let's say if Alice sends funds to Bob, anyone can go ahead and check or validate these transactions. Now, with current existing systems, it's only the bank and the person who is using the transactions know the details of the transactions. But in case of Bitcoin, all the transactions are 100% publicly verifiable. As a matter of fact, you do not need to even own Bitcoin. What you do is you go to Bitcoin Explorer and anyone can validate these transactions. So the pillars of open blockchain are it is open source, permissionless, censorship resistant, neutral, borderless and publicly verifiable. And this is popularized by Andreas Antonopoulos. The next thing I'd like to talk about is the decimals of Bitcoin in comparison to fiat currencies. So let's take an instance for the US dollar. You have $99.99. So essentially, there are two decimals. But in case of Bitcoin, there are eight decimals. If you look at the value of Bitcoin, it will ideally look as 0.00000001. So the last number that you see, the smallest fraction of Bitcoin, is called a Satoshi or Sats. So you would always, in case if you're trying to shop online, so probably in the next decade or so, when you're trying to buy things online, you would see the, the value of items be denominated in sats or satoshis. And again, going back to the demand and supply between the US dollar or fiat currency versus Bitcoin, you need to understand that the supply is unlimited. The government can create unlimited amount of fiat currency. In case of Bitcoin, there will only ever be 21 million Bitcoins. So that is the definition of Bitcoin. It is a peer-to-peer -peer electronic cash system. Now in this particular series, we would be looking at the history of Bitcoin. Now at the macro level, why was Bitcoin created? Bitcoin was created purely as a moment towards separation of money and the state. What is it that we mean by separation of money and the state? It means that the government is no longer responsible for the creation of money for the management of money and the supply of money. One thing which we learned from the previous episode is that Bitcoin's supply is fixed and Bitcoin is peer-to-peer, -peer, so there is no central entity. So the reason why Bitcoin was created is separation of money and the state. At this point of time, it is unclear if Bitcoin will be the answer, but it has definitely created a movement to a separation of money and the state. Now, it could be possible over the course of time, there could be another cryptocurrency, probably somewhat like Ethereum or a new barter or an exchange system that might be able to create a separation of money and the state. Now, some of the benefits of separation of money and the state where government is no longer involved in creation management and supply of money is that funds can be peer-to-peer. -peer. There will be no fees, no KYCs, no middle person, no banks, no financial institution. This means that there will be no fraud as well. And 
in the near future it could also be possible that money can be privatized most importantly if that is successful and i believe it might take maybe a decade or longer there would be no government control and government cannot seize your money now you might be wondering are there instances where government has seized money and you'll be surprised that there is instances where government has seized money so the history of bitcoin is that there should be separation of money and the state and government will no longer be involved in creation management and supply of money and uh, some of the instances i can think of is let's say in india in 2018 uh, the leading government decided that they are going to demonetize the actual currency and they requested all the citizens to go to bank and put that money bank and that created a lot of chaos in venezuela uh, the money is linked to us dollar and it is often called as petrodollar and what's one thing to note is that you cannot use the us dollar so it is extremely complicated in venezuela in turkey the financial crisis has been absolutely scary governments have gone ahead and seized their money and government has even seized gold in turkey in zimbabwe this is a classic example that we can think of the value of the zimbabwe currency was on par with the us dollar but right now there was a post on reddit where a person said that he's a trillionaire in zimbabwe and the value of the trillion dollar note is less than maybe even 10 dollars even in argentina governments can go and seize your money so why was bitcoin created the answer is pretty simple a movement towards separation of money and the state if you look at the history of bitcoin there have been prior attempts to create money now let's look at some of them the oldest i can think of is henry ford who thought that he can't go and create money because he had so much of equipment he had so much of machinery so much of energy he did have the idea to create money without state's involvement but that did not materialize the next few examples are closest and linked to bitcoin the first one is hash cash by adam back adam back is quietly regarded as satoshi nakamoto the next one is bit gold by nick zabo and blinded cash or digi cash by david shom david shom is still active in the cryptocurrency space and he has recently launched a messaging app called as x network and it is also quantum uh, resistant we won't go into the details of these projects because that might take probably a couple of hours so henry ford did try to create money hash cash by adam back big gold and example blinded cash or dg cash by david shom and b money by way day now, in case if you've heard of ethereum the smallest denomination of ethereum is called as gray and this is done purely as a tribute to the creator of b money that is way day all of these projects that is hash cash by adam back bit gold by nixabo blinded cash or digicash by david shom b money by way day these were prior attempts to create money and all of these were cryptocurrencies but all of these had one big problem it was called as the double spend problem now listen guys you should be listening to double spend problem when you your new blockchain startups talk about the projects or when you have uh, speakers talking about cryptocurrencies you should definitely be listening to this term called as double spend one of the biggest innovations of bitcoin as satoshi nakamoto was that he solved the double spend problem 
So the prior attempts to create money, that is hash cash, bit gold, blinded cash, DG cash, and B money, they were all cryptocurrencies, but they had a double spend problem. So let's look at what is the double spend. Simply put, double spend means the ability of the digital currency to be spent twice. So essentially, the digital currency could be spent twice. Now, what does that mean? Let's take an example. Let's say Alice has 10 digital currencies and keep in mind this is before Bitcoin. So if Alice had 10 digital currencies prior to Bitcoin, what Alice could do, Alice could send maybe $5 worth of digital currency to Tony, $6 worth of digital currency to Aussie, $5 worth of digital currency to Giza and another maybe $6 or $7 worth of digital currency to Bill and she could still have 10 digital currencies now clearly that is not right and that is called as the double spend problem so the ability to spend the same money twice so ideally uh, alice's balance should be in negatives and she should not be able to spend more than what she had but prior to bitcoin that was the double spend problem bitcoin solved the double spend problem so that is the biggest innovation of bitcoin and this goes back to the history of bitcoin so bitcoin solved the double spend problem so satoshi nakamoto the mysterious creator he wrote a brilliant white paper probably a life-changing white paper and some of them even called it as the biggest innovation in human history or satoshi nakamoto solved the double spend problem at this particular episode we'll only look at a very basic level on how he solved the double spend problem so satoshi nakamoto he solved the problem by three things one is cryptography hashing algorithm and mathematics. Satoshi Nakamoto used cryptography. Now what cryptography that he used? He used elliptic curve cryptography, private key, public key and public address. Now we will be looking at in details in the next future episodes. So under cryptography what Satoshi Nakamoto compiled and got together was elliptic curve, private key, public key and public address. Under hashing algorithm what Bitcoin uses is SHA-256 that is secure hashing algorithm 256 and Merkle tree again we will be looking at this in detail in one of the future episodes and I'll try to make it as simple as possible what SHA-256 is what Merkle tree is absolutely basic the next in mathematics what Satoshi Nakamoto did he had eight decimals for Bitcoin, so something which we looked in the previous episodes, the smallest decimal is called a Sats or Satoshis. And Satoshi Nakamoto also introduced Bitcoin halving and difficulty mining, and that's where mathematics is involved. And remember, the supply of Bitcoin is fixed, so the total number of Bitcoin was restricted to 21 million Bitcoins, and that is where uh, mathematics is involved. So, a quick recap. How did Satoshi Nakamoto solve the double spend problem? He incorporated or compiled three things that is cryptography, hashing algorithms and mathematics. Now under cryptography he used elliptic curve, private key, public key, public address, under hashing algorithm SHA-256 or Merkle tree and in mathematics he introduced the last decimal or Bitcoin that is Satoshi, halving of Bitcoin and difficulty mining and the number of Bitcoin. So the biggest innovation of Bitcoin and by Satoshi Nakamoto is solving the double spend problem. So that's all for today guys from the Crypto and Coffee at 8 from Blockchain DXP. In case if you guys have any feedback or suggestions, 
please drop me an email to info at blockchaindxp.com. You can also check out my website that is www.blockchaindxp.com. You can also check out my other website that is area2071.com that focuses everything on metaverse. If you like listening to this podcast, please click the follow button, give it a 5 star rating and share the word across. Now for the next 30 minutes, it's going to be an Ask Me Anything series where you listeners can ask any questions about Bitcoin, blockchain, beyond blockchain, cryptocurrencies, NFTs, DeFi and metaverse. So thanks so much for listening. See you at the Ask Me Anything series. Hey everyone, it's George from Blockchain DXB. You're listening to the Ask Me Anything series where you listeners can ask any questions about Bitcoin, blockchain, beyond blockchain, cryptocurrencies, NFTs, DeFi and Metaverse. Now remember, Monday to Thursdays, 8am to 8.30am, we have Crypto and Coffee at 8, where we talk about news pertaining to the price of cryptocurrencies, some major breaking news, occasionally short and sweet news as well. The other two news on information is related to Dubai, UAE and Middle East in the world of cryptocurrencies. What you're listening to right now is the Ask Me Anything series where you listeners can ask any questions about Bitcoin, blockchain, beyond blockchain, cryptocurrencies, NFTs, DeFi and Metaverse. Now I have one question by Richard who asks, do you think Bitcoin will be the reserve, the world reserve currency? To be completely honest, Richard, I would like that thing to happen. I would like Bitcoin to be the world reserve currencies. But to answer your question, do I think that will happen? And the answer to that is definitely no. And I'll give you different reasons, Richard, as to why I don't think so that would happen. One of Bitcoin's biggest strength is that the supply of Bitcoin is fixed. And something which I talked about in the definition of Bitcoin is the whole demand and supply situation because the supply of Bitcoin is fixed, the demand keeps fluctuating. Now this might be the strength and this might be the only reason why it may not be a world reserve currency. What has happened is because the supply is fixed, very few people have managed to accumulate a lot of the Bitcoin. Almost 20 million of the Bitcoin after the out of the 21 million Bitcoin is already with existing people. That is early adopters, multi-billionaires, millionaires and celebrities. So right now, the Bitcoin is accumulated only with few individuals. Now, if that thing happens, it's definitely not a right thing to be the world reserve currency as well. The US dollar might be much better in that case. One thing again, Richard, to remember is people who promote Bitcoin as a hedge against inflation need not be 100% right. They may of false claims that Bitcoin is a hedge against inflation. The only reason they do that is again the whole demand and supply situation because the supply is fixed. They already have X number of Bitcoins. They try to create demand so that people like you me end up buying Bitcoin because of which the price of Bitcoin increases and their value in Bitcoin increases. That's the only reason why. Well, like Michael Saylor often call it as digital energy. The reason why they do that is because they have their own vested interest. When I go through my LinkedIn profile, believe it or not, I see I know of six to eight people who say that Michael Saylor is my idol. I can 100% tell you the only reason why they are saying that is because he is in the Bitcoin news. He definitely is not uh, the right uh, idol or an advocate for Bitcoin in whatsoever. He's definitely 
looking at only his self-interest. Now, they are doing that so that by promoting Bitcoin, they increase the demand because of which the existing value increases. And once again, Richard, what is Bitcoin's strength? That could be the reason why it will not become the world reserve currency. The other alternative, something which I have suggested, which a lot of them do not like, is if you were to have a complete brand new fork of Bitcoin, but with the new fork, you started completely from scratch, you increased the supply of Bitcoin and you started from beginning. But what you can do is a lot of the coins can be given to each and every individual equally. So the world, it kind of works like, you know, a universal basic income for everyone in the world. Now, how will we do that? That's a different story because there are a lot of corrupt politicians who will not issue it to every individual, rather they'll keep it for themselves. And uh, in countries, let's say, like India, where there are a lot of people who are uneducated, the government might say that you have received Bitcoin, whereas they might keep the Bitcoin. So there's a lot of problem. But if you increase the supply, give everyone free Bitcoin, and then you know, you manage the demand and supply. I think that could be one way how Bitcoin could be the world reserve. Another thing, Richard, what we are we will be facing probably in the next year or two years down the line is the introduction of central bank digital currencies. Now, if you have central bank digital currencies, why use Bitcoin? So, you know, central bank digital currencies could potentially be a threat for Bitcoin being a world reserve uh, currency. So that's all for today, guys, from the Ask Me Anything series on Blockchain DXB. And once again, if you guys have any feedback or suggestions, please drop me an email to info at blockchaindxb.com. You can check out my website, that is www.blockchaindxb.com. And also check out my other website, where it talks everything about Metaverse, that's area2071.com. If you like listening to this, please follow this podcast, click on the follow button and share the word across. And remember, guys, Monday to Thursdays, 8 a.m. to 8.30 a.m. We have crypto and coffee at 8, where we cover top news and information pertaining to Bitcoin, blockchain, beyond blockchain, cryptocurrencies, NFTs, DeFi, and lately Metaverse as well. And how the series of episodes on the crypto and coffee at 8 works is we usually cover top news and information pertaining to the price of cryptocurrencies, some major breaking news, occasionally short and sweet news as well that has an impact in the cryptocurrency world. The other two news and information is related to Dubai, UAE and Middle East in the world of Bitcoin, blockchain, beyond blockchain, cryptocurrencies, NFTs, DeFi and Metaverse. And what you're listening to right now is the Ask Me Anything series where you listeners can ask me any questions from the cryptocurrency world. Well, thanks so much for listening guys and have a great day ahead. Bye bye. <laughs>